Hello and welcome to the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode we talk to the humans behind the docs, sharing stories, experience and expertise to inspire, entertain and give you knowledge and skills you can use in your life as a Not Boring Tech Writer. In this episode, I'm speaking to Katie Cronkite, founder and CEO of Goodwords LLC, about her experience of starting up as a tech writer, both in-house and freelancing, before starting and growing her own successful business in the technical writing industry. Stick around after the interview to find out how to access resources mentioned in this episode and how you can join the conversation by getting in touch with us. On with the show. Katie, how are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me today. You're very welcome. Where are you calling us from? I am joining you from beautiful Seattle, Washington. Oh, wow. That's somewhere I would really love to go, I have to say. <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> Thanks. What's, what's life like for you in Seattle at the moment? You know, life is pretty good all things considered uh there is still obviously a global pandemic happening um yes. and we were sort of the u.s epicenter for that at the very beginning but things have calmed down a little bit since then and uh no i i can't complain my life has been good and and work has been good throughout this time so just holding steady over here Yes, just holding on for dear life. I, I understand that feeling. I'm in Melbourne, Australia, and we're just coming out of a, a short lockdown. There was a, a, a little scare that there were some cases going around, but um, it, it hasn't blown up into anything serious. So we're sort of free as of today, but it's just it's crazy what's going on. Katie, um, can you give us a little sort of overview over, over who you are and what you do? Just a little summary. Absolutely. So I am the founder and CEO of Good Words LLC, and we are a technical communications consulting firm headquartered here in Seattle, but all of our team is completely remote around the world. And we have been working remotely since long before the pandemic. So we serve our clients writing technical documentation, producing technical video, producing any technical content within that universe to to serve our clients. Great, that sounds great. You, and you guys have been remote since before the pandemic started. Yes, yes. It's funny that because I started remote working probably about six months before the pandemic started. So I had quite recently gone through the transition from like a traditional office job to remote working just before everyone had to. And it was weird hearing people sort of go through the motions that I'd gone through. Did you experience that as well? Somewhat. So I had been working remotely from early on in my career as, as just a personal choice, even when some of my other coworkers were working in the office. Right. But I have to say, um, the biggest difference I have noticed since the pandemic started and the lockdown started is that it makes such a difference for us as remote workers now that everyone is working the way we normally do. Sure. It's actually been a really interesting sort of social experiment to see how our work is changing because now we're interacting with people completely remotely. We're not just interacting with people who are on the other end of the line sitting in an office or, um, you know, gathering around the water cooler. So that's been, that's been interesting. 
for sure. Yeah, I actually didn't think about it from that perspective. As you say, suddenly people have an appreciation for, because prior to everyone having to work remotely, sometimes I would have customers that might not really understand that I might be in a different time zone or I might not be in the same sort of schedule. Uh, because I guess remote working people don't always do the straight nine to five. Obviously, sometimes they do, but lots of people sort of pick and choose. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So that's great. Um, and you're the CEO and founder of Good Words LLC. Um, looking forward to talking about that a bit later. But I, I wanted to ask you first sort of about the early days, if that's okay. Because um, I saw that you're an alumna of Carnegie Mellon University. Was that when you started to sort of gravitate towards technical writing as a career? Or did it start before that? It started while I was a student at Carnegie Mellon. So when I was at CMU, I was actually part of a dual degree program for students who were interested in the humanities and the sciences. And and when I started college, I, I knew I was interested in the sciences. And I knew that I was interested in literature and writing on on the other side of that equation. Um, but as I went through my academic career, I hit the end of my junior year and I realized that I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life <laughs> or how I wanted to, to kind of marry those two skill sets. And um, at the time, my thinking was really like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I have these writing skills over here that I really love. And, and I think that's a career I want to pursue. But on the, on the other hand, I had all of these technical skills from taking years of math and science and computer science coursework and working in labs and, and things like that. And so as I got later into my college career, I started considering ways that I might be able to marry those two skill sets. And um, I did some some existential Googling, if you will, on <laughs> if there were any good career options for, for people with two seemingly very different skill sets in, in writing a background in technology. And I that's how I found tech writing. And I was very lucky that CMU actually had an undergraduate program in technical writing. Um, oh, fantastic. I, I didn't know that at the time. Um, no one had actually graduated from that program in about a decade. So they had kind of stopped talking about it with students. And I went to my advisor and I said, hey, is this still available? Can I do this? And they said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and so I was the the first undergraduate technical writing graduate in in many years to come out of that program. But it was a it was a great fit, and that's where I found tech writing initially. That's fantastic. I like what. What was it like when you sort of discovered that this career path existed? That I mean, a lot of people go through this. I know I myself did. Where you're like, I know I have this skill set and this skill set, but like, how do I marry those together? And then suddenly, it kind of uncovers itself. How did that feel? It felt great. A lot of things really fell into place um, at that point. I mean, you know, I think many people listening and, and participating here have been to college and have had to withstand those questions of, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? What is your plan? And for a long time, I really struggled with that because I really cared about writing and I really wanted to pursue a career in writing, but I didn't particularly want to be a novelist or a poet. And um, I, I didn't necessarily want to do journalism. So I, before I found technical writing, I was feeling a little lost and I was also 
a little sad that I, I thought I wasn't going to get the, to use this whole other skill set that I had developed and that I also cared a lot about. So it was really liberating for me to find tech writing. And not everyone goes through their lives dreaming of writing user manuals. But when I found that career path, it was the answer to everything that I had been looking for personally. Yeah, it definitely must have seemed like that. You were just like, there is this thing that I can do everything at the same time. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and then what about sort of like your, so once you graduated, what, what happened in your kind of early career as a tech writer? Yeah, so my first job out of college, I got a job as a technical writer at Salesforce, actually. So I moved straight from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was uh, in a U-Haul driving my stuff across the country um, to go work at Salesforce in San Francisco about a week after graduation. So I, I joined the Salesforce documentation team um, in 2012, and I worked there as a technical writer for several years. That was my first job. Right. That sounds like a bit of a montage, the moving, the U-Haul, the driving across the country. Like, <laughs> It was. It was. It was, it was a, quite a way to get started in yeah. a career. <laughs> so Salesforce first, and was there anywhere that you felt like you kind of uh, like you struggled in those early days, would you say? Um, I would say that one thing I struggled with was that I was a small town girl from the Midwest and I had gone to school on the East Coast and um, adjusting to a West Coast Silicon Valley culture, I think was, was my biggest initial struggle. Just, um, you know, really adjusting to the culture of tech, um, the culture of the Bay Area in general. Um, I lived in, in Oakland at the time. And so that, that took some time. Um, but in general, when it came to my job and my career, I, I really felt lucky and I felt like I took right to it and that I had found the, the perfect job for me at the time, for sure. Wow, that's great. So there was more of a culture shock than anything else. What does that look like? I can't say that I know much about that culture. What 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 was the differences? So I I grew up in the Midwest and and then went to school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, both of which I would say have fairly, you know, blue collar roots, working class culture. People ask you where you work and what you do and what who your family is right. when when they meet in, in those cultures. And then when I moved out to San Francisco, um, I remember talking to a new coworker for the first time right after I had started my job. And um, they were asking me a little bit about myself. And the first thing they asked me was if I liked to go skiing on the weekends. I was so flabbergasted that that was the first question they asked me that I didn't know how to answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> It was a, a pretty big difference between, you know, having on the East Coast where it really seemed like work and family and, and your roots there kind of drove drove the culture around you. Whereas on the West Coast and in Silicon Valley, it was much more about, you know, what do you do in your leisure time? What are you about mm. outside? That kind of thing. 
All right. Okay. That's that's really interesting. I hadn't really heard. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective before. Uh, so it was Salesforce you worked for first. So you started with a company, but have you have you mostly along the way have you been more of like a lone tech writer, or have you uh, worked in teams of tech writers, or both? Yeah. So I've done both. Um, like I said, you know, I started my career at Salesforce working as a member of a big documentation team. At the time, I think there were about fifty to sixty writers on that team that I was working with and, and they they grew much much larger after that mm. but after I left my role at Salesforce I also went on to um, several roles as the loan documentarian at startups for example and eventually that led me into a career as a freelancer I see so that right I'd love to talk about your freelancing days but before we do like what how did you feel working in each kind of mode like you know that you've got a team or you're just on your own like what did you feel were the differences or the challenges in that yeah I I learned a lot from both experiences mm. so in being a member of a large team especially for a large enterprise organization you know that's building a lot of products serving a lot of customers uh I would say the the biggest thing I learned in that experience was how to create documentation and communication materials in a large, complex system that is scalable and works for customers, but also works for a huge number of writers who are contributing to that content. And I, I learned a lot of really great skills about how to create good, scalable, consistent documentation, even in an extremely complex environment like that. Right. Um, and as the lone documentarian in, in some of those roles, I learned just as much in those roles as well, um, particularly how to start documentation from scratch, how to implement documentation systems, how to take an environment that had no documentation and no communications protocols and build those and really implement them for the first time um, in ways that were going to be scalable as the company grew, but also were going to serve a smaller, more nimble, scrappier organization. So you also said that, so, sorry, I, I actually sidetracked us away from your freelancing experience, which I would really love to hear about. Can What can you tell us about that? Totally. Yeah. I um, So I began freelancing after a stint as the lone technical writer at a startup um, in when I was still living and working in San Francisco. So I had been the lone uh, tech writer at a startup for a couple of years and Unfortunately, that company went the way of the startup and uh, they they had a couple of rounds of layoffs. And right. uh, during that time, I was, I was kind of looking around at the marketplace and seeing what other opportunities there were mm. uh, for tech writers. And what I was seeing was a lot of what I had already done. I was seeing a lot of roles um, for people to join large, well-established doc teams. Um, I was seeing a lot of roles for people to be the first or the lone tech writer at startups. Um, and I was, I was just feeling a little uninspired by those options. It was, those were, those were experiences that I already had. And I was really looking for something new. I was learning to looking to learn new skills or, or try out different industries. And, um, and I, I have this conversation with other tech writers a lot where 
I think a lot of people in the writing industry are curious about freelancing or, or working as a contractor, and they they think they might want to try that out someday. And that's always the conversation I had with myself. Like, oh, I'll, I'll try freelancing, but I'll try it in two years. I'll try it when I, when I feel more stable or when I have some other, when some opportunity presents itself. And at the time when I was looking for new jobs, I just wasn't finding anything that, that really inspired me to move forward. So I thought, you know, hey, why not now? Why not just try it? Um, and I got my first role as the as a part-time freelancing tech writer for a really interesting aerospace project just to try it out. I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy freelancing. I wasn't sure uh, if it was a lifestyle I was going to want to stick with. So I, I sort of dipped my toes in with, uh, with this small project, but I loved it. And it really, like, it was a sort of profound change for me where I suddenly got to pursue all these really interesting projects in multiple industries. Uh, I worked on really interesting teams who were developing really cool new technologies. And it was the beginning of a beautiful phase of my career, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I really feel grateful that I had that time and I found freelancing at that at that stage in my career. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing with freelancing is that as well as obviously being able to sort of pick and choose the kind of projects to an extent that you're able to participate in, it offers a few sort of quality of life upgrades because it's quite liberating, isn't it? I found it to be quite liberating. And I know some of those, some of the liberating elements of it can also be a little intimidating for people who are just just getting into freelancing or, or thinking about trying it out. But um, yeah, it was, I suddenly had control over my schedule and over the projects that I was working on and the clients that I would work with um, in ways that I never had in my career prior to that point. Sure, sure. No, definitely. I, I feel that. Um, so you told us before that you are the founder and CEO of your own tech writing business, which is called Good Words LLC, which I love the name, by the way. Uh, how did that, how did the idea for starting that business come about? It really came out of freelancing for me. So when I founded the business in 2017, when we actually incorporated, it was just me. It was just me working on projects as an individual writer, working bringing in clients and and working on their documentation products that they had. And I never had an ambition to be an entrepreneur or to own my own business. In fact, if you had asked me in 2015 or even 2016, if I thought that I would someday own my own business, I think I would have told you that you were crazy. <laughs> um, that was just never, never something that I really aspired to or that I was really interested in. But as my freelancing career grew, um, I started to bring in new clients. Um, I had a bigger portfolio of clients that I was working with. And all of a sudden, I found myself having more work, more opportunities for projects than I could take on and handle myself. And so my options at that point were to either walk away from them and say no to some of these, some of these projects or some of these clients or to take a leap and, and to try bringing on um, employees who could maybe handle some of those, some of those projects for me. So it was really organic from my freelancing career to grow 
into being a business owner. Um, I started out, like I said, in 2017, it was just me. In early 2018, I brought on my first couple of subcontractors just to help me with a couple of projects. And from there, it it grew steadily. And today we have a staff of about 15 writers and producers. We're working for Fortune 500 companies and high profile startups and everything in between. And we have people who are, you know, working around the world on on our projects. So it's been really exciting to to see my freelancing career, which I was so passionate about, grow and scale into something that is is now much bigger than than just me. Sure, sure. 15 people. That's quite a growth in just four years, actually. And and so where are your employees are all over the world? Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So I am actually the only employee in Seattle, Washington. I'm the only employee in Washington, period. Um, most of our other people live and work across the United States. Um, we have a couple of people in Canada, um, one in Europe, one in India. So so we're all over the place these days. That's so cool. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask sort of like what Good Words is like passionate about in terms of tech writing. What are the things that you strive for as a business in the yeah. actual work of tech writing? Yeah, sure. So the things we're passionate about are taking the most complicated information from these new and innovative companies and these new technologies that no one has ever seen before and taking information that only a few engineers know or a few of the most technical people in this industry know and making it accessible for everyone to be able to learn about and to be able to use effectively and to also make it, you know, to make it work for customers, to make it work for these companies who need this content to maintain those relationships with their customers and and stuff like that. And, And so what, what sort of techniques might your business use in order to achieve that, this kind of accessibility goal for everyone? So we are really passionate about our craft of of technical writing. Um, We care a lot about using accessible language, minimalism, presenting well-designed, well-thought-out, well-organized documentation that's that's easy to find, easy for people to use, easy to read. Whether you have decades of experience in the field or discipline that you're reading about, or if you're a brand-new novice, newcomer, Technical writing isn't isn't like other forms of writing. It can be more of a science or more of a formula in in some ways, but we we take a lot of pride in doing that well and uncovering all of the details about a product or a particular technology and distilling that down and figuring out what every user, whether they're that novice user or an expert, needs to know in order to just make their day easier in order to get the information they need to complete a task or figure something out and move on. That's fantastic. I, I love that sort of ethos of making sure that people can get to the stuff they need fastest and easiest. I think that's what it's all about. And then, so, you know, as you say, four years you've been at the helm of this this business. When you think from the beginning of the business and then taking people on and all the way through to to now, 
what are the, like the main changes that have happened and have there been any sort of notable successes or challenges that you can tell us about? Certainly. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the first several years, I was also serving as a consultant. I was still working on projects. I was doing my own writing. I loved doing the writing. Um, and it was only pretty recently towards the end of 2019 was when I transitioned into managing the team full time. And that was a big adjustment for me personally. Being a writer and being an individual contributor and doing the writing for my clients and working with engineering teams and learning about new technology. But at some point, you know, the, the business got large and complex enough that it really needed my attention full time. So that I would say was was a challenge for me personally, just kind of making that transition and making it work for my team and, and navigating that um, as a business and, and with our clients. And let's see, uh, notable successes. I mean, I never could have imagined that me freelancing in my living room <laughs> on just doing my own projects for fun would ever turn into something something this big or something this impactful. And, and I feel really fortunate and really passionate about using my business as a way to help other people experience, hopefully, the joys of freelancing at Good Words. We like to say we're a soft place for freelancers to land. So we like to give our, our staff members um, these really excellent opportunities and the flexibility that comes with freelancing, but also removing some of the barriers that, that exists for a lot of people who are just getting started. Um, so it's it's been a real privilege to me to be able to share that with, with other people. Sure. That's actually quite beautiful. Like, because the, the freelance lifestyle, I think, like you said before, there are sort of positives and negatives. And it's quite, I mean, I kind of fell into it as well. And I've loved it, but it is quite intimidating at the beginning. Being self-directed is something that doesn't come naturally to everyone. And I love that idea of like a soft landing pad for people who want to give it a go. I think that's great. Absolutely. Um, so what does the future look like for you and for Good Words LLC? What's coming up in the pipeline? So we have just experienced a really exciting year of growth. Um, 2020 was a weird year, but I feel very fortunate that, you know, it, it was pretty kind to us and we were able to bring new and interesting clients. Um, and so we've been growing like crazy. At the beginning of 2020, we had, I think, five or six staff members, and now we're at 15. Wow. Um, we just hired um, another executive team member to help manage the business and help help us grow and scale um, to serve even bigger and, and more complex clients and to, to be able to grow our staff and, and make sure that we can serve those needs as we as we get bigger that's great um it sounds like there's a lot of really exciting stuff on the way I, I can't believe that growth from like five people to 15 people in one year it's been it was wild and I I I don't think any of us expected it but um another thing I feel very privileged about and very fortunate for is that we have been able to to help a lot of people find great opportunities and find great jobs during a during a tough year for the industry and, and for everyone worldwide. Yeah, definitely. I think there are some industries or sort of pockets of industries that have found the pandemic to be either sort of like a neutral thing professionally or actually a positive. And I think that is lucky. 
um, and it's kind of a blessing for for these people. But it feels a little bit weird in such a a strange and sort of turmoil filled year. It does. It does feel strange. But um, you know, the the way I've been looking at it is that if we can use what we're doing over at Good Words to to improve things for even just a few people, um, you know, I feel like we're doing a really good job. So I'm I feel very fortunate that we've been able to, you know, bring on some awesome team members and grow and and serve our awesome clients and and take on some some new opportunities in this year. Absolutely. It sounds very positive uh, for you guys. Um, So Katie, I just wanted to ask you about um, tech creating communities. Uh, We are quite big on community here. Certainly I myself have been to write the docs. I'm aware of, uh, I'd rather be writing as well. There are various sort of conferences that happen. Uh, Are you aware of communities? Are you a a member of any communities and how do you feel about them? Definitely. Yeah. So I am a member of of some of the communities you just you just described STC obviously is is a long-standing community that's been around for a long time and is, has seen the industry through a lot of changes. Um, and and I think it's really important. I think that technical writing is kind of a small universe, and and for many tech writers, you know a lot of us are the are the only technical writers in our companies or the only technical writers on our teams. I've met a lot of tech writers who don't even realize that there's a whole tech writing industry. They've just kind of been doing it on their own and in a vacuum at their company for a while, and and then they they realize that there's a whole industry and a whole community around it. So I think that, you know, Write the Docs is a really great example of a community that's really come into the 21st century and is connecting people in really accessible ways and, and is, um, you know, bringing a lot of useful information through their conferences and, and through some of the communications that they put out. Um, and, and it's been a really great way for people within the community to connect and for people to connect with jobs and opportunities. Um, so I, I've seen a lot more connection in the tech writing community, I would say in the last five years or so, especially. Um, that's been really great to see. Definitely. And I think that connection, especially in this past year, has been especially difficult under the circumstances. Did you Have you been to any virtual conferences or anything like that by any chance? I have not been to any of the virtual conferences myself, but I have to say I am so stoked that a lot of these conferences and a lot of this information is moving to this virtual, more accessible platform. You know, not everybody can can take the time off work or can travel to another city to go to a conference all the time. So it's amazing to me. Um, a silver lining that has come out of this year is that, you know, all of this information that was once kind of privileged is much more accessible in a lot of ways. Um, And so the community cast a wider net and people can feel more connected, I think. Um, So when you're not being a tech writing business owner extraordinaire with a team of 15, what what do you like to go up to in your downtime? Oh, anything and everything. So um, (laughs) love, love getting outside and enjoying nature. Um, obviously I, I lived and worked in California for many years. We now live in, in Washington state. So getting out to the mountains, hiking, gardening, spending time outside are some of the highlights. Um, I've also, you know, really embraced my inner domestic during this lockdown. Um, (laughs) I have gotten inexplicably very into cross stitching. Oh, Um, (laughs) so a lot of 
crafting and domestic projects have, have been on my radar in the last year. I've been known to do a little cross-stitching myself. I can. It's very sort of therapeutic. It's almost kind of meditative sometimes, don't you think? It's very meditative, and it's like adult painstaking coloring. Yes. It, it, yeah, it's just, it's very rhythmic, and and you make pretty things. You do, and then you get to display them in your home, and people are like, did you make that? And you're like, yeah, and they're like, wow. <laughs> Um, so just as we're sort of wrapping up here uh, at the end of our time, I wanted to ask you, um, sort of based in your personal journey in tech writing, sort of from the, the early days at Carnegie Mellon right up to owning your own company, is there any advice or like insight you could give to our listeners who might want to follow a similar path to the one that you've traveled? Yeah, um, I think the biggest factor for me in my own career has just been looking out for interesting opportunities and, and not being afraid to follow them. Um, so getting into freelancing was sort of a scary jump, but I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm so glad that I tried it out and took that risk because it, it really opened the door for me for for many things. Yeah, because it, it can be quite a leap of faith, can't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I understand some people's hesitation, um, you know, when they're first considering whether or not to do it. And but I, I think this is also advice that applies to any sort of career path, whether it's freelancing or full time employment or otherwise, um, just knowing what your interests are and what you enjoy and what you like and, and keeping an eye out for what might turn into interesting opportunities down the line. Um, that's that's a big piece of advice. I would also say networking has been huge in my own career. So in growing my business or in finding new projects or looking for new opportunities, I still talk to people from my network that I met a decade or more ago. I often come across really cool opportunities and, and projects for my staff just through happenstance. Uh, conversations with people. So for example, I took a call from a guy who owned a startup once, and he was kind of interested in talking about documentation. He thought that maybe they could use a technical writer to help them with, with some projects that they had. And we just, we just had a casual conversation about it. And I didn't hear from him for six months after that. <laughs> then Six months later, he showed up back in my inbox and said, you know, I think we have a really op interesting opportunity. Would you like to work together? And it turned into one of the biggest projects um, that we worked on that year. And to this day, it was one of my favorite projects that I've ever done in my entire career. So I, I always encourage people to really nurture your network. It's really important. Make those connections. And you never know what might come out of that. Sure, sure. Well, Katie, I just want to thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. It's been really fun. It's been very uh, educational for me, for sure. And I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, where can people find you online if they want to find out more about you or your business or if they want to get in touch? Sure thing. So they can always check out GoodWords uh, website at www.goodwordswriting.com. You can email us at hello at goodwordswriting.com. Or you can check us out on LinkedIn. Uh, do a little search for Good Words LLC or for my name and, and you should be able to find us there. Great. Well, uh, we'll definitely have those links in the episode description uh, for people to follow uh, and in the show notes as well. Katie, thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. It's been a pleasure. 
Thank you. It's been so fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Katie. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. Just a few notes here at the end of the show. We'd love it if you would leave us a review on your podcast app. It really helps us and lets us know if we're doing a good job. And if you want to join in the conversation or if you'd like to discuss being a guest on the podcast, get in touch. We're on Twitter at NotBoringTech or there's a contact form on our website. Just go to thenotboringtechwriter.com and click on contact. Thanks very much again to Katie Cronkite for being a wonderful guest on the show. There are links for how to get in touch with her and Good Words LLC in the episode description. Until next time, I'm Jared Doran, and you are the Not Boring Tech Writer.